APM. This is Educate, a podcast from APM Reports on ideas and research on how we teach and learn. I'm Stephen Smith. There are hungry nights that, uh, that I go to bed and uh, I'm starving. So uh, something, you know, something can change, something should change. But that was Shabazz Napier. He was one of the top college basketball players in the country when he told reporters that he sometimes went to bed hungry. Now he plays in the NBA. And Napier wasn't alone as a hungry college student. While the federal government does not collect national data, recent research at the City University of New York found that two in five of its students struggled to get enough to eat. The University of California found that 25 percent of students skipped meals to save money. And a recent survey of 10 community colleges around the country found that half of all students suffered from what's called food insecurity. One of the report's authors is Catherine Broughton. She's a researcher at the University of Madison, Wisconsin's Hope Lab. We've covered some of their work on college students and poverty before. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. Well, what is food insecurity? That's a great question to start off with. Food insecurity actually exists on a spectrum. So it ranges from people who have anxiety or worry over their food supply to those who reduce the quality or variety of their food due to resource limitations and those who actually reduce their food intake. They cut and skip meals and, and go hungry as a result of not having enough money for food. And what have you found in your research about uh, food insecurity among undergrads? So we've done three surveys over the past few years, and across all of those different surveys, which are um, with students from low and moderate income backgrounds or those at community colleges, over half report that they have experienced some type of food insecurity. And about 10 to 27 percent actually fall into that very low food security category where they're skipping meals and cutting back on their food intake. What kind of students are doing this? So students from a wide range of backgrounds and experiences report that they are struggling to get enough to eat, but some groups are at an increased risk. So there's some evidence that students who are attending our two-year community colleges are more likely to be food insecure than those at four-year colleges. So, for example, in one of our recent surveys from low and moderate income uh, background students, about a quarter of four-year students um, were going hungry compared to over a third at the the two-year colleges. And then at the individual level, we find that our undergraduates are mirroring national trends. What I mean is that students from the lowest income families are more likely to report that they're struggling to get enough to eat compared with those from more moderate income families. Racial and ethnic minority students are more likely to report that they're having trouble getting enough food, um, as well as those who grew up in families that have struggled with food insecurity. Had they had trouble typically when they were in high school or elementary school, or did the free and reduced lunch programs help fill in the, uh, the gap? So we certainly see both groups of students. So there's some students that have grown up struggling with hunger that were on free and reduced lunch, and then, of course, they got to college and that support is no longer available. But there's also students who are experiencing uh, food insecurity for the first time due to often the high price of college and the fact that our need-based financial aid has not, not kept up with those rising prices of college. How does food insecurity or just hunger itself affect performance? So that is really an emerging area of research, but there's really good reason uh, to believe that those who aren't getting enough to eat are not able to do their best in the classroom. 
when we talk to students and when we talk to staff and faculty that work with students, they certainly believe that food insecurity impairs learning, and we're working on research to delve into that uh, topic further. Well, how are institutions, especially the community colleges, responding to this? Are they coming up with food assistance programs for these students? Yeah, so we've actually traveled across the nation talking to college leaders and instructors and learning about um, what they're doing. And what we found is there is a lot of innovative leaders and educators out there. So increasingly, we see college campuses partnering with local community organizations to help provide food and even shelter for, for their students. Today, there's a network of over 300 food banks on our college campuses. And you're at the University of Wisconsin-Madison. How? What sort of programs are there? So the University of Wisconsin-Madison is one of those campuses that recently started a food pantry on campus um, run by students for students. And have you, have you been down there? What's it like? I have uh, seen the food pantry. It has shelves. It's, it's like a food pantry you might see in the community. There's shelves with cereal and, and canned goods. There's a large push on many of our college campuses to try and make sure that the food pantries are not only stocked with dry goods, but also are providing fruits and vegetables and helping to ensure that our students are, are meeting their nutritional needs. What do you think needs to change sort of nationally to, to really deal with this problem? You know, colleges play a key role in this issue, but colleges can't do it alone. So we need to really um, think about our social policies and our nation's higher education goals and, and make sure there's an alignment and that we're supporting our nation's um, college students. So currently it's quite difficult for undergraduates to receive SNAP or food stamps, right, to meet an exception on top of the regular criteria. Now, this might have made sense when most undergraduates were, you know, 18 to 24-year-olds right out of high school with family support, but that's simply not who our college students are today. Three-quarters are non-traditional or post-traditional, right? They're juggling work in addition to going to college. Um, you know, one in four are parents, 40% are over age 25, and just 13% live on college campuses. So we need to have those students in mind, today's college students in mind, and have a conversation about how we can best support their needs so we as a nation and as a community can, can also meet our goals. Catherine Broughton is a researcher at the University of Wisconsin-Madison. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. You can find a link to Broughton's work at apmreports.org. While you're there, you can browse our archive of more than 100 documentary projects. And stay tuned next week for the first of four hour-long documentaries about education from APM Reports. It looks at remedial education in the United States. And they told me they were basically material to catch me up to be ready to be in college. I feel like I'm starting kindergarten again. <laughs> you got to stick it out. We've got to make it so that a much higher percentage of our students do that. We'd love to hear what you think about Educate. You can leave us a review on iTunes or let us know at apmreports.org. We're on Facebook, and you can also tweet us at Educate Podcast. Support for APM Reports comes from the Corporation for Public Broadcasting, Lumina Foundation, and the Spencer Foundation. I'm Stephen Smith. Thanks for listening. This is APM.